feel like Sharpay every time. Sharpay. Welcome back, Hocklings, to the first ever video edition of Electric Talk. Uh, joining us today for this riveting and historical moment in time is the Mousetrap certified, Anthony Tedder managed, just multifaceted and talented producer by the name of Lupa. Hello. Um, and as always, my name is Tony. Hello, I'm Sean. And by the way, that's Walter, if you didn't know. He's going to be famous on the podcast one day. Yeah, there'll be like Walter Gang, like t-shirts at one point. Walter Gang. We're going to have audio listeners on this too that don't know what it is. And it's just going to be a giant cow. <laughs> it's a squish. It's squish mouth. No, it's an actual um, cow just in your room. Just oh, out. I wish. That would be pretty Vermont of him. That would be pretty Vermont. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Um. All right, so... For those of y'all listening at home without video, um, we applaud you for sticking with us. If you're here watching um, on Twitch or YouTube or whatever, uh, we want to thank you for sticking with us as well, because either way you're here, it doesn't matter what way you're watching or listening or consuming the media. We just want you to know Lupa more because one, she's awesome. I've only known her for a brief moment, but I already know it Two, uh, She's so talented. I mean, even just like, how do you even manage to keep like one aesthetic on an Instagram going for more than a year? I don't know. I can't do it. Um, so she's got me beat there. And three, how do you match your Instagram aesthetic to your house? I mean, like what economy do we live in to where you're able to do this? Um, she obviously must have another job or she's just crazy popping off in the music industry. But I want to know, Lupa, do you have to have a side gig right now? Yeah, um, I have a very prestigious side gig right now, and that would be Uber Eats. Um, I do delivery service, so really, really, um, I, I like to think it is in the industry, honestly. I feel like indirectly it's related. Um, but yeah, I do Uber Eats, which is really fun. I also do graphic design on the side. Um, I do a little bit of like creative direction, too, for like events or for like artists or releases. Um, so that's kind of like what I do um, and just how I stay afloat besides from just music. Um, but yeah, I actually love Uber Eats. I recommend artists um, do some sort of delivery because like I get to listen to my music or just new music constantly. Um, I get to listen to podcasts about music. Um, it kind of keeps me going um, and I can make money while also, you know, expanding my mind. Yeah, that's definitely cool. I used to be a pizza driver in high school and that was the greatest gig ever. I mean, partly because I was selling weed to the people that would order the pizzas, but like also um, it was just like super cool getting to choose kind of like how you work, like how you, like once you leave the store, you're on your own. Whereas like Uber Eats, like you're always kind of on your own unless you're like in the store. But I mean, let's be honest, Uber Eats people, you just get to walk up to the front. Say, yeah. I'm here for Uber Eats. And like, oh God, we're paying you guys money. We have to give you the food. Um, I also, I did actually work at a pizza place this summer um, oh. for like the summer, which was really, really fun. I, I think I ate way too much pizza. Like I would eat pizza maybe like four times a day. Um, I just would bring back an entire pizza and just eat it. I never bought any food for like the entire summer. I just ate pizza and mac and cheese bites. That's what it's all about. Nice. <laughs> it was it was a great time. Was it like Actually, a, it was fun. I worked with like my best friend too. A, so we just like have fun. That's awesome. Yeah, I think I worked at my pizza place with one of my best friends. We worked at a subway in the same shopping center like earlier in the year, like down the way. And they like fired us both because the managers were like 
stealing money or something. How do you embezzle from like a one subway location? I don't know, but I've had that happen before. They were too. embezzling and they like blamed it on us, and we were like, like what? We're just here so we could like smoke weed at work. Like, <laughs> like we don't need your subway cash. Like we, we didn't even have codes to open the register. Like we were like, ask us our codes. Like what is our code? Like what's your code? We're like we don't have them. So then like we got fired and then worked at Papa John's down the way. Um, like beef with like Subway, Papa John's would just like feud constantly. Then it would walk oh, by. Oh yeah, like we like I would like if our dumpster was uh like full, I would like <laughs> deliberately walk like half a mile like down that shopping center in the back yeah. area. Oh and wow! Just throw an untied garbage bag all over their dumpster. Yeah, as, as you should. As <laughs> I'm you evil should. though. I'm not a great person. <laughs> not model after me. I know I'm here. Um, and you should think I'm a good person, but like not sometimes i don't think that makes you a bad person i no. think it i think it's i think that's fair against i'm just what... so petty it's like <laughs> ingrained. i don't know if it's because i'm an only child or like i've just been around so many sleazeballs but like i just get so catty <laughs> now tony do you I think that. i just met you but i wouldn't have expected that from how what i've known about you i wouldn't that would not be the first word that i would use to describe you oh, that's catty. nice <laughs> uh tony did you think that the the tuna at subway was real oh dude i never liked tuna oh god <laughs> really no. like my girlfriend sometimes will get tuna and make like seaweed like sushi rolls with tuna because she's like all artsy and do it like can do stuff like that i like make pizza rolls and like put them in a heart and i'm like this is cute <laughs> um but yeah she makes tuna and i'll eat it but smelling it is disgusting i can't do it like canned tuna? Like she makes yeah. like I've never heard of that. No, yeah, she gets like the shredded tuna and she'll just like uh cook rice in the rice cooker, get seaweed wraps, and then just like wrap it all together, put sriracha in there. Well, I think maybe a little bit of mayonnaise. I don't know, but and I don't know, just like little tuna tuna rolls that she eats before work or whatever. And they're pretty good. And I'm pretty picky. <laughs> She's also just like really good at cooking, so that's not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> um all right, so I'll do Enough one. We'll do one miscellaneous <laughs> question, you? and then we'll dive into music uh, because not only is Lupa possibly your Doordasher in Arizona, but <laughs> she's also this badass techno DJ. So we'll get to that, I promise. Um, so, what is your favorite food? Like, if you went, like, is it like when you go home and your mom makes it or whatever, or is it like you just love McDonald's fries? What is it? I have a. I have like two favorite foods. I think sushi is the number one. Um, any really kind of sushi, as long as it has like, it doesn't have like cream cheese in it or like, I don't know. I, I don't really like cream cheese in sushi personally. I like just fish. I love that. Um, not too picky about that. And I also love like pesto pasta or like really just like any oh. type of pesto, anything. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Well, I love it. I, I think it's so good. I love it. It's something about it. It's just, it has to be well-made. Like, you can't have bad pesto, but, like, when it tastes good, it, like, is the shit. Pesto is really good. And I, like really good. Um, I know they have, like, uh, I think Trader Joe's has, like, the little, like, glass container of pesto, which is so good. Oh Cream God. cheese, on the other hand, it could go... It, it's well on bagels, not you don't bagels on a sushi. Not in sushi. Oh, no, no. I right. if I don't want like I mean I like I see I like like um like cream cheese and like uh smoked salmon really a lot. Oh, yeah. But like when you put rice in there, I don't know, and seaweed, like the three of those together, like that just it doesn't add up in my opinion. 
I've had some good rolls with cream cheese in it before. Um, but like, I'd never like go out of my way to order it. I always just want the like sashimi or like, just like basic, like tuna roll, you know, like that's, that's what I'm here for. That's what, that's what I love. What kind of sashimi though? Um, honestly, anything I love, I love, I don't really like squid necessarily. I'm not a huge fan of octopus, but, um, I actually have right now, I have some, uh, eel sashimi that I got that's saved in my, uh, I guess it's not really sashimi, but it's just like slabs of, of, of cooked, of barbecued eel. So, um, sold as sashimi. So I have that in my refrigerator right now. That's going to be lunch. Um, but I also really just like salmon, um, mackerel, uh, tuna again, um, not the canned stuff, but the actual like slabs of it. What's that? Well, wait, they sell slabs of tuna. You know what I'm talking about? Like those, I don't know how to, the cuts, the like little like sashimi. You know, oh, like the, yeah. So maybe. it's like not with the rice, but like just like the fish. I, I love that. And I, I, oh, I've okay. it before and people are like, why are you getting that? Like, that's not the good part of the sushi, but it's my favorite <laughs> part of the sushi. So. <laughs> Well, now you could make sushi with olive oil, like with salt, without salt. They have like 800 different cans of tuna for like whatever flavor you want. Yeah. And it like, I just get it with water yeah, <laughs> or whatever is in the can. Well, like you can buy like, like, like the actual like cuts of, of tuna too. And so mm -hmm. that's what they do for the sushi that I really like. I really like that. Those types of cuts. My dad's like a huge, like cook, like he loves cooking. And uh, he always cooks fish and he just has these amazing like tuna cuts that he'll make sometimes. Um, like, uh, like, I don't know, you can get like the, there's like, they call it like tuna towers sometimes when you go out and they're like just literal like towers of tuna. Um, I don't know why we're talking about tuna so much, but. I've worked in a lot of sushi <laughs> restaurants. Again. <laughs> I've taken a lot of ahi tower. Uh, ahi orders. tower, that's yeah. what they're called, ahi, that's the word. Um, I wish I knew more about sushi. Yeah, artist hospitality, like <laughs> venue hospitality, right now, it's just like taking notes. They're like, no. <laughs> like, what was that second type of fish she likes? Shit, shit, shit. Like yellowtail. Yeah. Not yellowtail. I'm on my rider. I'm gonna put the tuna tower on my rider. Yeah, <laughs> the tower on my rider. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, that'd be so cool, though. Like, imagine you're at the point where you just get to walk into the green room, and there's just a fucking tower of tuna. <laughs> And like mayonnaise <laughs> and wasabi sauce. Oh, okay, I'm no, I don't. I don't want to talk about that because it makes my stomach upset. That's okay. <laughs> mayonnaise and tuna. Tell mayonnaise, me. tuna, and all right. Uh, let's let's move on to music now. <laughs> all right. So, um, you mentioned before, uh, you you were pizza delivery last summer. Uh, now we've got. I saw it was. I don't know. It, it was some point last year. You said you were starting to try to get into more of graphic design and like videography and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like you're pursuing that passion. It sounds like. Um, so I want to bring it back to music and writing about music. Um, so I heard that you are writing for Relentless Beats um, in Arizona. How I did, did that happen. I used to do that. I used to do that back gotcha. like years ago now. Um, but yeah, I was a blogger for a year and a half, I believe. Um, I'm not sure. Um, but I wrote like over a hundred articles for Relentless Beats and it was an incredible experience. Um, I studied music. Um, I had a, um, one of my majors was music. And so I wrote about music constantly anyway. Um, and around that time I'd really gotten back into electronic music and I was like, I want this to be my life. Like, how do I get involved into the local scene? So 
Um, I started connecting with people through social media. And then also um, I saw that Rimless Beats was um, hiring bloggers, you know, and like you could write a certain amount of blogs and, you know, you get shows, whatever you go to shows. And I was like, well, that's perfect. Cause I, I go to shows anyway. I don't want to spend my own money. Um, and I love writing about music. I love talking about music. Um, so I did that. Um, and this was really when I started producing music was around the time I was a blogger as well. I think I was actually a blogger for a bit longer than I was a producer. Um, like I started it before. Um, but yeah, that was a really cool experience. Just being able to write about things, uh, about really anything you wanted. Um, I really liked writing about like albums. Um, I have, um, uh, Varian, if you know who she is, um, she had an album that came out, I think it was like the, I believe it's called the second industrial revolution. I believe it's not industrial. No, the, the I can't remember the name of that album, but it's an incredible album. And I got to write about it. And I remember writing, it was like a 10 page, like blog or, you know, uh, uh, word doc of just about this album. And that was an incredible experience for me, just being able to, you know, talk about my uh, the the music that I'm, that I'm liking and why I like it um, and why it's significant. Um, also about like the history of music too, which was super fun because then I got to deep dive into, you know, the history of certain genres or certain artists or even certain venues. And are you still doing stuff with them today? No, I'm not. I stopped uh, blogging because I really wanted to focus on music. Um, I was also DJing. I started DJing at the time. Um, and so I just wanted to focus a hundred percent of my energy on that. Um, I love blogging. It just takes, it's a very demanding thing to do, especially like if you want to be, you know, like, you know, if you want to keep making stuff, you, it takes so long to write, you know, like it would literally take me an entire day to write a piece. So I just wanted to use my time. Uh, a little bit well, uh, better, but I do enjoy. I still write. Um, I don't obviously blog anymore, but I still like my notes app is just full of like rantings about random things. Um, but yeah, I really loved that um, experience. That that shaped, shaped my career and also just like it it solidified my ability to write too. Just about music, um, you know how many words you can you have synonyms for lush, you know that you can use <laughs> synonyms for and wubs. Yeah, and like was yeah the, the um, oh, angelic. Know, I think was probably my most used word. Pluck, um, airy, airy. Yeah. Mm. But it also made me a better producer. You know, like talking about music and why I liked, you know, why I like certain songs. What about it I liked? Um, also, I think there was like a few times where I'd write about like campaigns that artists would do. Like there was a Swedish House Mafia campaign that they did before they announced their album that was kind of like teasing it this was a really long time ago like not a really long time ago but way before the album was even announced but they were teasing it uh, oh you know what it wasn't Swedish House Mafia it was Stephel's Nine um and it was uh... it was his EP that was coming out and it was cool to like research what you know what he was doing to you know he had these like artists come in and like draw his logo in like certain places in Paris or in France um, and then also in New York and LA as well. And it was really cool to like learn about that. And I had to like go on Reddit and like find like, you know, the Gestapelstein, um, you know, Reddit on there and like see where people had been taking pictures of them. And I had to do like my own research, which was super fun um, and really inspirational. Yeah. Do you have a piece um, besides like the Gestapelstein and the variant piece that you like say it's like your piece of resistance or like, uh, like the one uh article that you hold 
close to yourself because you know like that that's your whole heart you poured your whole heart into those words I think probably it would be my Varian piece to be honest with you I like I love that album alone um and Varian is such an incredible woman so I just was so inspired by her music anyway so it felt like not only did I get to write about this incredible album but I felt like I was like writing about you know someone who I care about and someone who I really look up to so I think that's kind of like my favorite piece I did um I also had some like incredible words that I like put together like I don't know I I had some like I don't know I was really clever with like my writing for certain parts of it so I was super excited about that um but yeah I'd have to like go back and like see which ones um there were some pieces that I did were just like like oh like this artist is releasing a song this is about the artist not really like anything super intense but I definitely had some um articles that were a little bit more um I put a lot more effort into um, things that would literally take me like a week to make just because I was re-listening to an album over and over again. Oh yeah. Mm. I feel that. Um, I mean, I, I definitely feel like blogging is just a great way to get involved with the scene. Um, so I'm assuming that this relentless beast um, era was after your study abroad uh, yeah, this right? was after in London. So I would like to circle back on that later on. Um, you've answered so many questions about it on the internet. I'm not going to like, I mean, if people know who you are, they know that you probably went there. So I'm not going to like spend a whole lot of time of it, but we will cover it just so people are aware. Um, but that brings me back to uh, like, someone asked me the other day, like how, like, how do you think I should like get involved as a photographer or a videographer in the EDM scene? And I was like, okay, um, one, I don't know if I'm at the point where you should be asking me Two. um, <laughs> Wow, I used a lot of lists today, numbered lists. Uh, but two, <laughs> I was like, just get involved with like some sort of publication or something. Like, there's always one starting. There's always ones like looking for writers because like, um, I won't get into that. Uh, <laughs> I had a bad thought there for a second. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, like, they're just. I mean, they're always looking for people to share their feelings and stuff about music um, and how it touches them. And so I was just like to just like just write some words and like tell them that you like to take pictures and see like what they could do. Um, like maybe they can get you into like rhythm night every Thursday. And like, you just take pictures at rhythm night every day, every Thursday for like a couple of months and maybe like big rhythm artist hits you up. I don't know. Uh, it was a bad <laughs> example, but uh, he was like, thanks bro. And I was like, I got you dog. Um, but yeah, I think, being in that scene like not only do you just like pay attention more to stuff like you kind of have to be on like twitter all the time and like seeing what everyone's talking about or like what's hot right now or like what's the running joke that i can like bring into this that has nothing to do with that um like chain smokers are ghost produced like oh like this guy's not ghost produced i'll make that the article title like stuff like yeah. that like you kind of have to be like super immersed into it whereas like being an artist like yeah you have to pay attention to what other people are doing or cool like producing tips or whatever the fuck but like i feel like you can definitely like sit and hunker down in like a basement and just like write music for six months rather than like write blog articles for six months they can't do it um so that's super cool that you were like that involved um that yeah i did not respect you but i respect you a lot more after that because it's a hard it's a hard thing to do yeah, and I, I really, my favorite part was writing about my friends. And actually, um, shout out to my friend Snacks, but he actually wrote an article about my EP when it came out on that blog. And I remember reading it and like actually like crying. And I was like, oh my God, like if someone told me that like I would be like releasing, that there would be an article about me on that on that blog, like, 
and like have it from like on and like on mousetrap like i would have been like yeah no you're wrong like that would no. never happen so that would really come cool. from another timeline yeah, like, I was thinking about it and i was like i remember like seeing it and i was like oh my god like that actually happened um and he's a super good friend of mine highly recommend you check out um, his articles he has incredible articles on there as well um but yeah definitely like blogging is so important i got to write about my friends on there too um and it just felt like i was really contributing to the scene you know i wasn't necessarily getting paid but i was getting paid to go to shows um i got to interview some artists which was really cool um and i just felt like i was a part of something and people do read articles you know i read articles if there's a you know if 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 you know uh if an, um a blogger you know writes about my music of course i'm going to read it and share it you know um and that's just me personally but i think so many artists are like that and i think it is important to keep kind of the blog culture alive um and that's how i think i think it really is a part of like a really important part of like modern electronic um dance music uh culture definitely mm. um, i I agree because a lot of artists, I feel, I don't know if they take it for granted, but there's like so many times where you're writing a song and then, you know, it, you know, doesn't get the love it deserves or something like that, like from an artist that you wanted to. But, you know, at the end of the day, still okay. But still, like, you want that acknowledgement that you wrote something from your heart about them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, um, it's also good, I think, like putting things out there on just like the internet in general, because I think a lot of electronic music is hard to document. And so I think it is really cool to have this part of, you know, this this culture exist on the internet. And like, you can look back and look at the archives and, you know, look like at people first talking about dubstep for the first time or first talking about rhythm or whatever it is, you know, you can look back and see how these genres kind of started from these blogs. Um, and so that's that's a really interesting part as well, is it does keep a good record of, you know, a genre that's extremely hard to track because it's such a vast genre. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, People forget that run the trap is not just a joke. They uh -huh. literally ran the trap for like yeah. a oh, while. Yeah. Dead, ass. Dead ass. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of blogs, though, I know you had an interview with us in 2020, Electric Hawk um you interviewed with us and going back to that um you said that res was a huge inspiration to you and your music um is that still true today and are there any other artists that give you inspiration today yeah i think the reason like i said that then and i couldn't really like figure it out but like it was literally like i had never seen like a woman like lead like like that like i don't know how to explain it but like when I was like, when I was like young, I really wanted to get into music production. I really wanted to be a DJ. Um, but like all of my favorite artists were dudes and like, it's not like, Oh, like they're guys. So like, I can't produce because of like my gender, but I was just like discouraged from it. Cause I was like, Oh, like, it's just not really something that like, I don't know. It just didn't feel right. Um, you know, for the time, I didn't feel like I was a part of that space. I felt like I could enjoy it, but I didn't feel like it was like mine to own. Um, and seeing artists like Rez specifically, um, cause I think she was kind of like the first like female artist who I really looked up to, um, within, um, you know, dance music as a whole. Um, and, you know, I just was so inspired by her sound and just the, like the, the, the amount of music she has and just how diverse it all is. Um, it's super inspiring to me. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, it's, it was just, I think it was really cool to see someone like me, you know, on stage. Cause I'd just never seen that. Um, 
But yeah, I think nowadays I have a very like long list. There's so many artists I'm inspired by. Like I think I've like every artist I listen to, I'm inspired by. Um, Rez is a big one um, for me. Um, a lot of like non like techno artists, I think are really inspirational to me. I listen to a lot of techno, um, but I feel like it's more than just about like the actual like music itself, but also, you know, like the brand image or like what they look like, what the aesthetics are. I'm super inspired by that. I was a design major as well. So I'm a nerd for like all things like that are visual, like uh, visually appealing. Um, and Gustavo Stein is obviously a really good example of that. Um, he's a huge inspiration for me. Um, on the techno kind of like side of things as well. I think visually I hate models as well as a huge inspiration. Um, but yeah, there's so many artists. I mean, I have, I listen to ungodly amounts of music and every time I listen, I'm like, like, I don't know. I was listening, like I've been joking around about it, but I've been listening. There's like a hardcore like polka edit that I've been listening to a lot. And I'm like, damn, I'm inspired by that. Like I want to like incorporate polka music into my music. Like, <laughs> so yeah, that- I very like hard thing like I really am inspired by so much around me that's super cool I mean I definitely feel like techno is a genre where I would imagine someone needs to kind of feel more diverse in their taste or at least what they're like letting go into their ears um more than like someone that just like plays rhythm I mean we're kind of shitting on rhythm kids this episode (laughs) it's okay um this episode is sponsored by mousetrap um but (laughs) um but I think it's important to listen to a bunch of things in techno because like there's just like so many one different version of techno and two another list and three um talking about the list maybe forget number three never mind i shouldn't have spoke up <laughs> um, too many lists too I, many I just lists. feel like you like techno uses a lot of like different like pulls from a lot of different spaces like whether yeah. it's like vocal chops for like a short sound clip like before the drop or whatever um or before transition anything like that um but it's such oh. a it's such like a, it's such a huge genre and there's so much within it too and that's something that was super attractive to me going in it is like wow people are like really getting experimental with this genre and so like i want to do the same um i want to kind of like see what's new like a, a good example of that is like mark dakota i always talk about mark dakota in interviews for some reason but mark dakota is a great example of this um and he does like live instrumentation in his techno and it sounds like like cinematic like marvel music like i don't know if you know what i mean but like those like big like loud drums and like mm-hmm. crazy like like um just like super cinematic sounds and he uses that in his techno and that's not like unheard of like that's not never been done before but he does it in such a unique way where he's incorporating kind of like side trance into it too you know during the drops and i was just so inspired by it um and that's one thing i'd like recommend people to do is not like be afraid of the genre um obviously like learn the roots of it and like understand where it where it comes from but I think that like being able to kind of mess around with it and kind of like find, um, you know, your version of it. Cause it, it's such a powerful genre. It's such a beautiful, beautiful genre. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, you know, I feel like we all, I, my, myself included, I started out like as dubstep kid. And then when I evolved like from 2016 to now, I've just been a comp like so many different genres of music I've, in exploring and techno is one of them and you know you never really get to hear techno unless you're one like you want to go to a show like a very underground show to uh it's probably at like a stage or at a festival edc or something um and like it's hard to find it still 
And it, I can say the same with house music because I feel like the techno scene needs more of a, you know, like more, like a push. I think, I, I think that with techno, it's a very, um, because it's such an old genre and because it's such a, you know, it was like literally one of the first genres of dance music. Um, a lot of people take it like, very, you know, really want to protect it. And it's like a baby to a lot of people, you know, like, I don't want anything to happen to this. And that's totally fair. You know, I think that you're allowed to be purist, especially if you've been in the scene since like the 90s. I think that you do deserve the right to be purist. Um, however, I do think that it is important to, you know, it is important to kind of see what you said, like festivals, you know, seeing it at festivals. Um, I think that is important because I think it is such an important genre. I do want people to be a part of it because I remember when I first heard it, I was like, what is this? Like when I we were talking about like in London, like, I don't know, it was just, the beat is just so unique. Um, and just like the, that like pounding kick with like in that certain like that certain range of bpm where it just feels like i had a friend tell me it was like it's like horseback riding music because it's like that type of like beat that's like it's it feels like it's like a horse running kind of um and so addictive yeah it is very addictive um and you know i'd heard i'd obviously heard it before but experiencing it live is a totally different experience um it's so much more intense um and i think like dancing and just enjoying the moment with techno is really where I fell in love with it. Um, and so I think that like, it's, it, it is hard to get involved into like techno scenes um, and like, you know, it, it is very underground at times. Um, but I think that that's kind of where the best stuff is, you know, like you have to work for it sometimes. And I think that, you know, I used to be, I used to be um, like, I used to love bass music as well. I still, I still enjoy bass music, but you know, the best bass music is, underground in my opinion like most things and I, I i i just that's just something that i've learned is you kind of have to work for the music sometimes and you have to figure out like you have to create dig really um and you have to find weird little subgenres. you have to you know find different artists who collabed with this artist who worked with this artist once and the next thing you know you're like you found this like, incredible collective of artists who have been consistently releasing bangers the last 10 years so it's like takes time, and I think, but I think that's where it's worth it. And they have like less than a thousand like SoundCloud followers. Oh, and obviously, like, and it's they're like in, crazy. And they're based in like Brazil or something. Like, <laughs> Come to <okay>. Brazil. <laughs> it's like oh, something that's so God. funny. Uh, so <laughs> I want to bring it back to something that I saw in an interview um, from last year, the year before. So are we still listening to Russian hard bass? Ooh, that's so funny. Because I was thinking about that <laughs> earlier. Uh, I, I was like, I was like, what am I gonna? Because I know in interviews, people always ask, "Go, what are you listening to?" Because that's like the most obvious yeah. question. And that's that. I literally was like, "Well, I could say that." I forgot that I'd already said that though. So <laughs> for reminding me. No, um, yeah, you're welcome. I don't want. I don't want non-original answer. I you can't recycle things. Um, yeah. But I only asked because one of my friends uh, got like super obsessed with Russian hard bass for like <laughs> a solid year during COVID. Ooh. And oh so we would God. be on Discord like, you know, every day because no one's doing shit. And he would turn on like the music bot and we'd just be listening to like Suka Black, like whatever, for like that. hours, <laughs> hours. <love> <laughs> Um, and they like started playing this like Russian shooting game that like a bunch of people started playing. And so like they'd be listening to this like game where like everyone's in, screaming in Russian and all this stuff. And just, like, they're also listening to like Russian hard style like rap. Basically. I'm super inspired by Russian like culture and like Russian oh, yeah. 
they like don't care at all like they're they just throw that stuff out there throw like three (laughs) grand at like a music video and post that crap and like never worry about it i i love it so much um i during the pandemic i actually like during like the actual like shutdown um the first few months i met some tattoo artists i don't even know how this began but i met some tattoo artists who are from russia and we actually collabed on a few pieces together um and i hired a few of them um and they would send me music like russian like techno and i would send them american techno and they would send me russian rap and i'd send them american rap and we had this little like exchange going on it was really cool um but i didn't really think much of it and i really liked the stuff but then a few maybe like a few months ago like six months ago um i started really listening to like russian music again um and i just got so into it i think that like the a lot of like the 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 production quality is just it, the production is so unique because it's really just like taking these american sounds like these kind of like 2010 like um like hardwell and like i don't know like martin garrix kind of sounds and then just like being like yeah like totally ignoring all the rules and just it's crazy i don't even know how to explain it but you've yeah, heard it gives me like gangnam style vibes it's wild yeah. to it. it's like but it's it, but what it's North so Korea cool. would like take from like our like yeah, hard, yeah. Our hard dance genre. <laughs> like I don't know, they really it's a very unique like approach to music because I feel like it's it's such like a different, very like inspired by American or like I guess European like um like dance music, um but it's also completely different. It's it's so it's such a unique genre. I love like Russian music. Um, but yeah, hard Russian hard bass in particular is super fun. I love when there's like rap involved too, like the Russian rap. Something about like Russian rap is just it's so crazy. fast so and good. like so and good. like somehow catchy, and I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, they could literally be talking about like they could have been like talking about like how to make like bread, and I'd be like, yeah, like this is the hardest thing I've ever heard. Like- <laughs> I'm um, doing my research now. <laughs> All right, so going on Spotify. Um, yeah, there's some good there's some good playlists too uh, for Russian hard bass music. Oh, I think yeah. it's called Twonk Bass, like Twonk, right? I think is that's that what, what it is. is. I think it's called Twonk Twonk Bass. I'm gonna listen sure. to it on my way to work. Brills is like <laughs> this will this will like hype. I don't know. It's insane. I love it. I actually work out to it. Um, like every morning, I'll like walk around listening to it, and I just I feel like such a badass, you know, walking around. And, I, I just found like, the Russian hard bass remix to Head Splitter by Getter. Oh my god, that's, <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> um, all right, so I feel like we talked about a lot of other people's music. We talked about how you've gotten to where you are in music. So I want to talk about what you've been working on recently, um, the Mousetrap EP that came out last year. Um, and I want to talk about what you're working on now. Yeah, so... Um... Like last October, I released Insatiable, which was honestly like my favorite body of work I've created. It was my debut EP. Um, And that was really cool to release, like insane. Um, Mousetrap was literally like my dream label. Like when I started producing music, I was like, I'm going to be on that label one day. Um, So that was really cool to like see that come to fruition. I've, I really never had that like happen to me before. Like I've always worked hard for things, but I've never really seen myself go, I want to get this and I do. So that was super inspirational. Um, and also just like Mousetrap in general, they're great people there. And I was super honored to work with them regardless of my dreams. Um, but yeah, so I released four songs, technically five, um, with uh, on Insatiable. And some of them were like vocal records. I had three vocal records on there and I had one just kind of like instrumental piece. Um, 
instrumental meaning like techno without vocals um <laughs> which isn't i guess instrumental in the slightest but um yeah so right now i can't necessarily talk a whole lot about what i'm doing um but i have some stuff that's very similar to you know insatiable um a lot of vocal records that i've been working on um but i really like I've really been into, I've always really been into um, like granular effects and like granular synthesis, not to be a nerd about it right now, but um, this actually, this, this body of work that I'm working on right now uses a lot of that. Um, and I actually spent a lot of time with like the actual sound design of certain sounds in the, in the, um, in the songs that I'm working on right now. And I'm really proud of them. Like I, I would mess around with um, Portal specifically because I, it's my favorite plugin of all time. Um, and you know, I I also you know messed around with just like random things here and there. Like I don't even know what I what I what I'd put on uh, certain tracks, but I'd get these like crazy sounds. Um, and I'm just really proud of it. Um, I was really proud of my last EP, but this one feels different um, as as you know as as it should. Um, it feels a little bit more like raw to me. Um, I feel like the other one I was trying to be like polished a little bit. I feel like I was trying to kind of hold myself back. Um, but I feel like this one is a little bit more, there's certain elements that don't necessarily like sound good. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to put some kind of like weirdness in it, um, in my own way. Um, it's not going to be like death grips, but it's going to be, it's going to sound, it's, it's going to be kind of, it's going to be cool. <laughs> Did you have any nerves when you press that send button to mousetrap on your insatiable EP? It's funny that you said that because I actually wasn't going to originally. Uh, I wasn't going to send the music. Um, my friend inspired me to. Um, I like told her I was like, she's like, well, like what, what, like she. I showed her these songs and I was like, yeah, I really like these songs, whatever, whatever. And she's like, yeah, these are really, really good. Um, but she's like, well, where, where are you going to send them? And I was like, like send them. Like I'm not going to release these. Um, I had like released music in the past, obviously, but I hadn't released in like a pretty long time. And I was so discouraged from my last release, which was literally like in the middle of the pandemic. I was like, it got like no streams. And I was like, so sad about it. Um, and I was like, no, like no one cares about me anymore. Like I don't want to release music. Um, but I realized like, you know, why not? Um, I was really scared to, um, not because like, oh, no one's going to like it, but I just thought I could do better. Um, but I really liked the music that I had, you know, there was nothing wrong with it. I'm just such a perfectionist. And, um, I don't know if it was nerves, but I feel like, I mean, I, I think it was definitely nerves. It was just more of like me really taking the first step in my like music career and putting myself out there. Um, and I had put myself out there before I'd play shows, I had released music, I'd done self-releases, but I'd never really wanted to, you know, release on a big label until, you know, I felt really, really confident in myself. Um, so that really like in encouraged me to just fully send this, you know, and it was definitely nerve wracking. And I had a few breakdowns like before I sent it, um, but it turned out okay. Um, so that's good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, I would say so. <laughs> yeah, we all get messages of denial every, every day. I mean, we do on the podcast. I'm pretty sure so many artists and it takes a whole lot of those to just get that one. Yes. And yeah. you know, that's literally like the drive of the music industry, sending emails <laughs> and make waiting until you get that. Yes. Yeah. And I was just so nervous. Cause I think, I think really what it was for me was I didn't see myself as ready. I didn't like, I'm such a perfectionist and I 
I just put so much pressure on my music and like on my, on just like me being, you know, just on everything about my life. I really just want to make sure that I'm portraying a good image and that I'm, you know, being able to be the best person I can um, and, you know, making the best music I can. And I did believe that with my music, but I was really just nervous that, you know, they were going to be like, this is the worst song we've ever heard, you know, and like, send it to everyone. No, do not, you know, they weren't going to do that. But that was like my worst fear was like that they would just say no, um, which is not even like a, that scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was hard though, because I, I'm, I started this like in, like, I always tell people, but I literally started like this Luba project, like in my dorm room. And so it, it's still so weird. Like that, like it goes outside of the room, like this, like this, like Lupa project, I'd like go to class and I'd work on my class and I'd come back and all of a sudden I was Lupa again and I was making music, but like outside of my room, I was never Lupa. You know, I was never Mm. a music producer. I was just some girl in college. So, um, it was kind of like recognizing like, Hey, like I can do this and my hard work is paying off. Speaking of hard work, congratulations on graduating. Like it's hard to just go to school and like, it's a mental toll and you know i mean our generation going to school is a whole other like social experiment it's insane doing like a whole project on it but i'm in my last semester right now and it's hell yeah it's a lot um i went to asu um and i still live in tempe right next to asu um and i loved it i actually loved going to college i am a huge nerd i actually love studying um and so I had a good time. Um, I really enjoyed it. Obviously, it was hard, um, but I, you know, I had like two different minors and two different majors. And I just, I love just, like I told you, I'm a nerd. Um, I love learning little like facts. Um, so I had, I actually really enjoyed it, um, but it was a lot of work, especially like balancing, you know, music and my social life and like everything else, um, you know, and like academics and like other, you know, responsibilities that I had and a job and it got very like chaotic, but, um, I really like miss those times too, you know, cause I think that it was really important for me to learn how to like manage my time. Um, and it was fun, like feeling like, you know, you know, really wanting to go back and like make music like really badly while I was in class, you know, it kind of pushed me, um, to, to keep going, um, and to, to do well. Um, so I really did like value that time, um, as a student, um, and a music producer at the same time. Nice. And I mean, I I full time job over here now, Um, but like I having uh, looking back at school when I was in like from 2017, I I'd miss so much like just being with friends and having fun. And now like working 40 hours a week sucks. (laughs) I miss it, too. I miss like. I don't know. I miss, I miss college a lot. I miss like my freshman and my sophomore year. I I lived on campus. So I was a little bit more social. Um, but I miss that a lot. It was super fun. Just like living next to like the close, like your closest people. Um, that was incredible. I love that experience, um, a lot. Um, it's, it's hard like balancing it, you know, now I don't necessarily have a full-time job right now, but, um, I have friends who have full-time jobs and it's even hard to like get a hold of them sometimes. (laughs) Oh yeah. Totally agree with that. Um, I want to go back to, you know, the whole Mousetrap EP because you also mentioned in an interview in, in our interview in 2020, it was a dream, like yeah. your dream label to release 
fast forward a year, you released it. Now in 2022, back with Electric Hawk, Electric Talk actually. Um, have you have any of your goals changed? Do you have new goals that you set for yourself? Um, I have like goals, like music related goals, related goals, but I don't necessarily have like a goal like that where I'm like I'm going to release on this label. Um, I think that was kind of like. I don't know. I think that was unique. I have like little goals here and there. Like I'd love to do merch, you know, in like the next like year, um, you know, I would definitely want to play like a, a festival, like a, a, an out of state festival, um, things like that, little things here and there, but nothing huge. Um, most of like my like big goals, like I'd love to do an album eventually. Um, I think that's kind of like my big thing right now, um, but nothing like specific like that. Um, yeah. But you really spoke that EP into existence when you did yeah i did i did so if i had to say something maybe like um i don't know maybe i'll say a gestaffelstein uh collab but i don't oh, that's very that's that's that sounds if i if it's every if anything i say on here does come true i'll just put it out there just in case so <laughs> okay. if, if i have something <laughs> if it happens i might we might be like oh yeah some, some kind of lucky coin or something uh, he's gonna hit me up right after this he watches this and he's like well let's do it <laughs> <laughs> um my dream for you is to open like the techno stage at edc because i could see uh, that. yeah i definitely want to do that um i would love that i think that would be huge for me especially like edc um because i've actually never been to edc um and yeah. i really always wanted to go um so that would be really really cool um yeah, that's a that's a really cool. I think festivals because I've never played at a festival. Um, I've gone to a bunch of festivals, but I've never played at one. Just like shows. Um, Promoters, but... we're looking at you right now because I'm yeah. very yep. disappointed. Your girl up. <laughs> <laughs> I ever I I just require a tuna tower. That's all I. That's yeah, all I her writer is so simple. Like she doesn't even need like travel. Don't pay me. Just tuna tower. The don't pay me. Just tuna. Um. Oh yeah. my god. No, really, don't pay her in fish though. Like we take dollars. Yeah, We're rocking on dollars right now. <laughs> we'll let you know when it gets tuna time. Tuna <laughs> time. All right. Let's so go. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get any more foreshadowing uh, for upcoming music from Lupa. So no, I'm going to be secretive about it. Exactly. Okay. Actually, good. <laughs> uh, information yes. is priceless in this era. Definitely. Um, so we're going to go into some more rapid fire style questions. Um, they're going to be a little silly. If you can't really think of anything and you're like, I, why are you asking me this? We'll just move on to the next one. Um, <laughs> so Sean, you want to do this first one? I know you've been, you've been thinking about it all day. Yes, I have. I've seen that you've been playing Pokemon Legends Arceus and I saw your team. It looks fire. Now, do you have an ideal Pokemon team? Off the top of my head, yes. Off the I top have of a head. list of my of my notes app of like all the Pokemon that I'd want on my team. Um, yeah, I actually do. I do have a I have a list. I have my my four Pokemon that I always want to have on my team, and that would be, of course, shiny. I have to clue my shinies on there because mm -hmm. I, I I am a shiny hunter through and through. Um, yes. But I have a shiny Umbreon is my favorite. I actually have an Umbreon. Oh, tattoo. Umbreon's so good. Um, I actually have an Umbreon tattoo. Like I love Umbreon. She is my favorite Pokemon um Garchomp is on there um I got my um Lycanroc of course I couldn't Ooh. go without Pokemon um and then I got shiny Charizard because I gotta go Charizard he was my like first Pokemon ever so I have to do it 
um, Alola Nintails, which is kind right. of a unique one. I was going to include regular Nintails, but I already have a fire type on my team, so it wouldn't really make sense. Um, and then I believe I have a few others that I pick. I think Lucario is one of the other ones. I don't know how mm -hmm. many I've, I've done. I'm just listing Pokemon that I like now. Um, Lucario is definitely on there. Lucario is my favorite Pokemon. Um, and probably like Rampardos. Um, I'm just oh, not, yeah. not legendaries, but I love Rampardos. He's really ugly in Arceus. Sorry, Ar sorry, Rampardos, but... <laughs> Um, he's like a, like a big, like, um, like giant, I can't remember what they're called, but the Ankylosaurus. No, no, Ankylosaurus is a tail. I don't know. The ones with the giant heads. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know what kind of dinosaur yeah. it'd be. But it's, it, he's a cool, he looked really cool in Diamond and Pearl when I played it when I was mm -hmm. like. Like on the DS. But he looks oh, so ugly God. now. It's so sad. So the, sad. <laughs> the 3D renderings now, I, they, they're not. They're not, some of them are not the best. Like Abominastone, yeah. like you could do better with the like a scary tree snowman. <laughs> um, I mean, Game Freak did not freak it on the, on the, on oh, the graphics. Yeah. Game Freak did not freak it. But the gameplay looks great though. Oh, gameplay so is always good. It's so I mean, fun. I actually, um, actually I played XP of Darkness, and that was the last like free roam Pokemon game, yeah. and that was like garbage. I mean, like it was kind of cool for like being eight years old or whatever, but like <laughs> it was not like what we wanted it to be back then. Yeah, it's it's just such a good game. I really like it. Um, I actually, I'm like kind of like freaking out about this, but um, last night I was playing and I, I I finished the game, so spoiler alert. Um, but um, I was gonna catch Cresselia. I think that's how you say her name, Cresselia. Mm -hmm. And I caught her and then another one spawned. So I got two Cresselias for some reason. I've <laughs> never ever had that happen to me. So yeah, I'm freaking out about that. I wanna like post something about it and be like, has anyone ever had this happen? And I didn't get a video of it actually happening, but I have a video of my two Pokemon. Oh um, my God. But then also one other thing related to Pokemon, cause this is funny, but um, I actually just saw literally like maybe five minutes before uh, I went on this. Um, I was flying um, in the game and I hear the, the, hear the sound of the shiny and mm -hmm. um, I go down and I'm going to catch it. It's a Krikatot, which isn't that cool, but still it's a shiny Krikatot and it disappears. Oh and yeah. I'm just like, I just, I just turn off my switch and I just am like, I'm never playing this game ever again. <laughs> the shiny fails. <laughs> Watch where Sean just finished catching a shiny Krikatot before he got on. Yeah, it was mine that I that I rightfully owe. <laughs> well, I so I started streaming and I started streaming Pokemon Legends Arceus like last week. And on my first time streaming, my first time I caught a shiny Zubat. I was like yo and i involved it all the way to crowbat i called because it was green i called it riddler like the batman the riddler is the crowbat is the is it green the crow no it's purple it's oh, like okay. purple with green wings oh. it's so cool and still it's huge it's like a giant Pokemon. i have the crowbat i had a crowbat on my team and people were kind of i mean they weren't actually upset at me but like i got some people like why you have crowbat on your team and i'm like it's oh, a that's good. It's a cool Pokemon. Well, Crobat's been around for a while. I think. Crobat, yeah, second generation. Well, yeah. I think it's because it's Zubat, and people hate Zubat because you know yeah. it's Zubat. Um, well, but remember Zubat that that cave at the end? Oh, which one was that? There was a cave at the end of one of them before. It was like the Victory Cave, or like the can't think of it, but like the World Championship like cave before, mm. and there was just all Zubats, and Crobats in that cave. Oh yeah, Victory Road. Yeah, yeah, that's Diamond and Pearl, I think, right? Or maybe, I, think I don't, I don't think I played Diamond and Pearl. I think I stopped at Black and White. 
I think they're all in, I think they all have victory road. Um, but Zubat's in every game. <laughs> yeah, Zubat's in every game. They're always annoying, but Crobat's really cool. Um, really cool Pokemon. I love that game, but it says that's Crobat is 5'11, 165 pounds. <laughs> how, how that's big? almost me. 5'11, 165 pounds. Yeah, but the alphas are like eight giant. feet long. They're oh, huge. It's crazy. Yeah, I have a giant Nintails, an alpha Nintails that I caught in the fire zone. And that thing is giant. Oh, and I have yeah. a little Alolan and Tails too. And next to each other, it's insane. There, I'm like, this is not the same Pokemon. <laughs> I, I saw a post today that there was like, like giant alpha Pokemon. Like you had like Empoleon, you had um, like other alpha Pokemon. And then there's like a little Piplup standing next to it. It's like the size <laughs> difference is so like amazing. So yeah, I. Um, that's so funny. I love like the tiny like the. Uh, I had like a the the alpha like uh beetle or not beetle the the whirlpool or whatever the the worm one and it just looks so wormhole cool. it's giant it's like a giant worm like if i saw that i'd be i'd be terrified yeah i have a phobia of insects in general like i hate i hate sex see wormhole's kind of cute because he looks like he has like a form and like yeah, but not on the size of a dog that's terrifying <laughs> Above the size of a dog. Yeah. Like her cross is like seven feet tall when it's an alpha. Mm -hmm. The hair, the, the, the horn. Yeah. yeah. That's terrifying. Now, would we all like be able to survive like in a, like a world with Pokemon? Like. I would, I feel like I'd be like the best trainer in the world. I would, I, I feel like my life would be so much better if I was a Pokemon trainer. I would but, kill it. But knowing like that there's Pokemon like in space and like could come yeah. out and probably end our entire existence at any given moment. But if an eight-year-old <laughs> if an eight-year-old can catch God itself, oh my god! Yeah, I think that we can. I think that it they, we can manage. Um, yeah. All right. So, did you cry <laughs> when you watched Pokemon Two Thousand? Oh, of course, of course. All right, that's all. That was the one question. Uh, <laughs> uh, so graphic design, uh, Instagram, it's all in the same aesthetic, black and white. It's kind of like unclear, uh, not a lot of texture, um, kind of blurry in some parts. Is it the same artist or is it you or what's um, the deal? It kind of depends. Um, things are kind of like... Like if it's blurry, it's probably not intentional. Um, <laughs> like things like I kind of like, I don't know. I'm really, I'm actually really not like traditional with my social media. Um, I will just randomly post whenever I feel like it. Um, so I'll go like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the, not the best at, at that, especially Instagram. But um, I do spend a lot of time on the internet. Um, and so if I see something, like I'm going to screenshot that and I'll probably post it. So like, I think today, like, I've been reading um, like Nana, um, which is like a really good like shoujo like manga, um, and I literally just took screenshots of like random like random parts of it and just like posted that. Um, so some of it, obviously, you know, I didn't make not Nana, so it's not really my art there. Um, but yeah, most of this, not most of. I feel like it depends. I I don't I don't necessarily like say when it's my art or not, which I should. Um, but a lot of the stuff, like a lot of like the words and like oh i don't know you can kind of, i feel like you can kind of tell i think it's a um i have usually like slides of like different styles or like different color variations of some of my graphic design stuff um or other times i'll just like post like an edit that i've that i've made 
Um, it just kind of depends on my mood. Um, I remember like a few days ago, I was like walking around um, the college town and there was like a cracked window that I just took a screenshot of. And I was like, I'm gonna post this. Um, and I feel like it kind of still goes with the aesthetic because it's black and white and a little bit edgy. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of just like, I don't know. I have a very like specific like vision. Um, and that's just like what I enjoy, you know, like I just will post what I like, um, and things that I like. Sometimes it's serious. Sometimes it's not. Um, I think it just kind of depends. I don't really like to like take myself too seriously on the internet. Um, I think there's a time and place for things like that, but I do like just like posting things that I like, um, and maybe other people will like, I post a lot of memes on there too. Um, so that's, that's pretty fun. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, um, like it's a whole like aesthetic to your Instagram, just like more black and white. And yeah, I mean, stuff it's, if it reflects how like you feel about like, like the crack window per se, like it reflects to you more so like, you know, what you think of like music or, you know, other art. Yeah. I definitely like post like things that, I think have deeper meaning. I learned to like not necessarily explain everything. Um, I'm not, I used to do that. I used to have like these long ass like Instagram captions of things. Um, But I kind of like to just post things and people can take what they want from them. Um, I also find just like quotes from like random things as well that I like songs or whatever. Um, But yeah, I have a few like art, I think like a little bit down, like on my Instagram feed, I'd add like a lot of like art that I would do for like my design stuff. Um, my like design uh, minor um and that's like very symbolic but that's like pretty in-depth so that's like like, something I couldn't even like it really include in like a Instagram post um but yeah a lot of like the um I have like a like my favorite type of like style is kind of like the cracked look um I love that so much um I love like the kind of like I have like a lot of like veiny art I don't know how to explain it but like it's very like um very like sigilism almost like there's like a lot of like like symbols in it um are like mirrored back and forth. And that's like how has a lot of significance in my life. Um, and that was literally like my, my thesis that I did for um, uh, college to graduate was based on the, that type of style and that, what that looks like and what those kind of like figures represent. And speaking of artwork, um, I want to go into like the whole, like your wolf branding. Um, what's that mean to you and, what do you think it means to those looking outside in to your project? Yeah. Um, I started off, like I'd always really liked wolves when I was younger. Um, I thought they were really cool looking. Um, I really liked Balto the movie when I was younger. I think that's kind of like how it started actually was me watching that being like, I like this movie. Um, and so I just, I just really liked them. Um, but I kind of like obviously need something more than that for my, you know, for, for my artists, uh, or I, I wanted something more than that. You don't need something more than that. Um, but I wanted it to represent more in my life. Um, I didn't know how I wanted to include wolves. Um, uh, I have a, like a, basically like a wolf dog at home. He's not actually like, mm-hmm. have like a significant amount of wolf in him, but he looks like a wolf dog. Um, so I kind of wanted to like pay some homage to him as well. Cause He's like my best friend. Um, but I, um, the like name Lupa, which is something I think like people don't necessarily know, but it's the name of the she-wolf who saved Romulus and Remus. And so I was super inspired by that story when I was younger. I actually studied Latin when I was in high school. I learned Latin. Um, and that story like really resonated with me. I loved that story of like, just like this random wolf walking around and seeing like, 
some baby visitors in the river and saves them. Um, but what I really thought was interesting was the name Lupa in ancient Rome turned into like a swear word for like women. Like it became a word that's like an unruly, like an aggressive woman. And so it never really like changed from that. Um, and so like a lot, it's still to this day, like she wolf by Shakira or whatever. It's like about like an aggressive woman. Um, there's another one by Sia, I believe. And David Guetta has have a song called She Wolf as well. It's about the same thing. Um, so I wanted to take that and I wanted to be like, you know, kind of make it for myself, at least this is my, this is how I view the brand, but how I view the name Lupa was just kind of like taking back that idea of like being an aggressive woman or being a super like dedicated woman. Cause it's honestly a bad thing. Um, but like, it really just is, um, about, you know, the, the, the Lupa that the name Lupa comes from just a random wolf, you know, saving a baby. It's not nothing like about aggression or about, you know, being a, like a overbearing woman. It's just about showing kindness to something that doesn't really benefit you. Um, but there's a lot more to like the, the mythology of that as well. Um, but I just really liked the, the, um, the, the breakdown of like how the, how the word changed itself. So I kind of wanted to like take back the word in my own way. Um, cause I thought it was a very like interesting little story about how this like savior, see the savior's name turned into like a bad word. <laughs> I mean, that, uh, I really did not know that, you know, I don't obviously study Greek mythology or Latin mythology at all, but like, I feel like a lot of names are, do go back to, you know, times where, you know, you've never you would never hear this in like a normal conversation but like in the textbooks or when you're doing your research you know you hear the name lupa and then it comes up as like oh it's a ichi wolf and you know that saved these uh greek gods or these latin gods and that that is like like a name a name choice like that is so like spot on that's why we asked the yeah question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't really like talk about it that much because i think for me personally lupa is a very like personal thing like the name lupa is very important for me so i don't necessarily like talk about it um and a lot of people are just like oh it's the wolf branding whatever but i really like the idea of like what the wolf represents um there's a lot of you know like symbolism of wolves and like i believe in like dante's inferno they explain they they talk about lupa and lupa is this like, um, I think they need to use the word like, like greedy. She's like greedy, you know? And I just think it was a very interesting way of saying, you know, of, of, of describing a woman who, you know, knows what she wants and knows like that, you know, she has to make this life for herself and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, it's, it, it's a very interesting, um, when I first, like, I, I knew, I knew I had the name, like when I came up with it, I was like, this is it. Um, and I had a few other names kind of like bubbling around and I've totally forgotten them now. But as soon as I, I heard it, I was like, this is it. Awesome. Well, that's super cool. I'm glad that you found something that you can connect to so personally. And then you found like other people can connect to it through your music or art or whatever. Um, so that's got to feel good. It does um, feel very good. <laughs> uh, so we're coming up on an hour here. Yep. Um, <laughs> this has just been awesome. Um, we always like to give our guests a, a little parting gift slash question. Um, really pick your brain and your uh, music taste. So 
Sean, you asked the last time. I'm asking it this time. You're on an island. You got stranded there. You can't bring three things. All you have is AirPods and an infinitely charged iPod Classic. Um, unfortunately, the iPod Classic, uh, it's like a 16 gig or 8 gig or whatever. And you can only fit three albums or three mixes or three live sets or even three songs. Um, what are they? That's such a good question. Um I, I, the first thing I thought of because I'm an, on an island is I think I'd have to pick a Mac Miller album because, like, if I'm stranded and I'm alone, like, Mac Miller makes me feel like someone's there with me. Oh, the vibe so, feminine. I, like I could I listen to Stay that. on an abandoned island forever. Yeah, I think that, like, I'm, I was thinking about kids, but I feel like, I feel like probably swimming would be a little bit more relevant. Um, like, I remember, like, I, whenever I'm sad, I listen to that album and I'm like, all of a sudden just happy again. So I may be swimming, um, one of my favorite albums of all time. Um, I'd say Pink Floyd, The Wall, um, just because it's such an important album for me. I wouldn't even like listen to that much because it would just make me cry. But, um, you know, I think that that's just such an incredible album as well that I'd have to be able to listen to it. Um, and the last one, ooh, this is so hard. Um, oh, my God. I literally, I'm trying to think because there's so mine's, many. Mine's Lupa EDC Las Vegas 2023. <laughs> I, okay, actually, I have an idea, and it's kind of funky. This is kind of a weird one, um, and it's not really expected. But um, th- there's a Dirty Bird mix by Arnold and Lane. And there's like at the 25 minute mark, I wouldn't even need the whole thing. I like the 20 minute mark. It's an incredible, the whole thing's incredible, but there's this 20 minute at the 20 minute mark. If you start it and you listen to it for like 30 minutes from that point, it's so good. It's so good. It's like, it's, it's such good house music. Um, I listen to it all the time. It's my most listened to mix. Um, and I don't even listen to that much house music to be honest with you, but this mix is incredible. I think I'd have to pick that one as well. So it kind of a weird mix of things, but I have like my, like oh, I'm sad, I, I'm lonely, and I need someone to 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 like. I need Mac Miller. I have like my like really sad stuff, and then I have like my time to party, like, time to party music. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah. it's a good range. And I, I'm definitely gonna plug Arnold and Lane because they're some of my favorite artists as well. Um, I love their house music; it's insane, so good. Awesome. Are there are there names actually Arnold and Lane? Yes. Yeah. I just found them recently from a friend, so I um, I, I love their music so much. I wish um, I had the con- – that's like if me and Sean just started DJing. We're like, yeah, we're just taunting Sean. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, who's playing tonight at uh, Higher Ground? Oh, it's Tony and Sean, bro. You haven't heard of them? Well, that's yeah, good. The generic. You don't, you don't need to, like – you don't need to, like, be like, oh, like, I'm – like, I what I hate is when I, when I meet someone, I go out and, like, especially, like, an electronic music event um, or, like, a techno event. I, like – I'm like, oh, I'm Liz or, like – you know, I don't want to say my name's Lupa. Like, it's so weird. But if you say like, oh, my name's, you know, Sean, you know, my name's Sean and this is Tony. Like people are, no, like, oh, it's Sean and Tony, you know? like <laughs> so That's something I didn't think of when I picked my name, but I don't really want to go by Liz. I feel like that's, I don't know. I don't feel like that's right. <laughs> I'm Liz, formerly known as Lupa. Formerly <laughs> known like, as yeah, Liz. that's funny. <laughs> that's how it is. There's also another artist named Liz, all caps. Maybe I could be like all undercase though, or lowercase. Oh. I'm just like thinking of other Liz's. I don't know. There's I don't know a, any Liz's. Artist named Liz, I've seen, but that's it. Lizzo. Lizzo, that's true. Lizzo. Yeah, I already have issues with um Dualupa or Dualipa. Dualipa. Like, whenever, whenever I type yeah. my name, sometimes it's like the first thing. Like, did you mean Dualipa? I'm like, 
No. Um, <laughs> yeah, does it look like I, I meant to? <laughs> um, all right, Lupa. Well, this has just been great. Um, I appreciate you sitting down talking with us. Um, I'm really glad that uh, the whole video aspect worked out great. Uh, shout out Sean and shout out his friend for hooking us up with the overlay. Um, shout out to Anthony uh, for always sending us up with these great, amazing interviews with his super sweet and kind and talented artists um that just span his whole roster yeah we got slain dogs i mean i'm listening to reaper earlier this morning on the drive back from the mountains um mm-hmm. rebel scum has been killing it lately too um i mean really just you're part of a you know a team that i feel like is curated by someone that genuinely cares and like everyone's really there to do their thing so like i really wish you all the luck um i don't think you really honestly need it um but thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for all the great answers. Um, is there anything else you'd like to leave everyone with? Just thank you so much for, you know, watching and thank you so much for supporting me. That's honestly all I could say. <laughs> awesome. Well, as always, my name's Tony. I'm Sean. Thank you for hopping in on Twitch or YouTube or wherever we stream this. <laughs> or wherever you know maybe maybe this is what you take to your deserted island you're like oh that loop of electric talk episode is just amazing Such a, so banger so banger. yeah so banger talk was so good it's <laughs> chat is exploding right now oh chat's <laughs> in their freaking minds dude i had to mute it to our um, pre-recorded podcast <laughs> what this is pre-recorded what uh, not live <laughs> so as always i we already said that but <laughs> It has just been so great, you guys. It's just been so great. Uh, I feel a little love drunk right now. Um, but stick around. We've got some great sponsorships with some quality companies um, that we would love for you to check out. And this is the end of the show. Hey, Hocklings. If you're still with us, we have something really important to tell you. Us at Electric Talk and Dance Safe have partnered to help you stay safe through your musical adventures this festival season. Dance Safe has been promoting health, safety, and harm reduction within the electronic music community for over a decade. They have resources such as regent testing kits, drug info cards, educational posters, apparel and merch, and fentanyl test strips. Electric Talk does not endorse drug use, but it's not uncommon within our community. So if you do go out and decide to use, we want to make sure that you're safe and equipped with the harm reduction tools that you need. And if you're looking for more information and where to find these resources, you can click the link in our description or go to dancesafe.org. That's dancesafe.org.